I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I know you remember the song. All right, let's sing it all together. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes. When I find myself standing in the sun, I can only imagine when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine, I can only imagine. All together, let's say. Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? We are be able to speak at all, I can only imagine. I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory What will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Glory, know you be still Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? We'll be able to speak at all. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. I can only. is forever forever worship you i can only imagine 
you, Lord, that reigns forever and ever. To you is the glory, the honor, and we adore you, and we exalt you, and we declare, Lord, that in this home, in this church, in our hearts, Jesus is Lord. He has risen. You are alive, Lord, and we worship you in spirit and truth. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's give him a hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. It's wonderful. We are starting today the part number one of four of this series called Bridge Builders. And before I get to the message, I want to share with you something very interesting. There is a company called the Architectural Digest. And in 2017, they decided to look for all the bridges in the world and find out which ones were the best bridges. And they gave us a list of 17 bridges. So during the following weeks, I will introduce to you quickly those bridges. And today, I want to show you the first one. The name of the bridge is the Seri Wawasan Bridge and is in Malaysia. It's a very interesting design. The second bridge is in Argentina, Puente de la Mujer in Buenos Aires, Argentina. The third one is the Necio Bridge in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. It's a beautiful bridge. I love the design. You know how it splits there. It's very interesting. And uh, today I'm showing you the fourth bridge which is the Rialto Bridge in Venice, Italy. So the next time that you go to Venice, just look for the bridge, okay? And then you will remember. Oh, I remember when we were talking in the church about the bridge builders. The good Lord is the, the number one in everything, right? In everything, whether it's creating music or inventing devices or providing solutions, or giving, or sharing, forgiving. He is the number one in everything. And when it's about building, of course, he is the number one. He's the top of the line builder of bridges. And which one is the most important bridge, my friends? Is the bridge that is built to connect us with the good Lord God Almighty. And today, I'm going to share with you a beautiful portion of the scripture that is based on 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. You want to read it with me? God wants everyone to be saved and to fully understand the truth. It's the Lord who is reaching out. It's his desire to connect with us. Not the other way around, right? Sometimes we say, you know, one day I thought it would be a good idea if I go to church. Sometimes we say that. Sometimes you hear people saying that. But the truth is, is, is not us the ones originating this desire. The one who originated the desire is the Lord. He is the one that started the whole thing about connecting with us because he wants everyone to be saved. That is his desire. And it's something that still works until today. I'm going to share with you nine levels or eras or seasons that will uh, help you to understand 
how the Lord has been the one creating this solution for us, building this bridge. The first step or first season was the season for prophecy. Prophecy is the act of talking about the future, right? So the prophets in the Old Testament were all the time telling us about the, the coming of our Messiah, the Savior. The prophets were talking about it. And eventually the Lord Jesus came to, to earth, right? And we celebrate Christmas and we say, Hosanna to the King of Kings. He came, he gave his life. And that is the most beautiful act of love ever in the whole history of humankind. You will never find anyone showing more love to others than the sacrificial death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know how do you feel about watching movies where the Lord Jesus is being crucified and the nails in his arms and legs and all that and the crown of thorns and the blood in his body and, and all the beating and all that that he lived. I don't know how do you feel about that, but in my personal case, let me tell you that breaks my heart. I cannot really watch too, too, too many minutes of scenes like that because I start crying. I just can't handle it. It just breaks my heart. And I know that he's alive. I know that he's, he's risen. I know he's, he's conquering. He did it. It's not now, but it just breaks my heart because of the suffering. But he did it, right? So who, who originated the desire to connect with us? The Lord. He sent the message through the prophets. And then he sent his own son, the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he sent his Holy Spirit. You remember? The apostles were there waiting because the Lord Jesus told them, wait because there is power that will come upon you so you will be my witnesses. So the third thing the Lord Jesus, the Lord God Almighty did was to send the Holy Spirit. With the power of the Holy Spirit, they were able to work. The apostles then, when they were empowered by the Holy Spirit, they were able to share the good news in Jerusalem. And they were talking about what happened to the Lord Jesus. He is not dead. He has risen. The, the apostles had the power to say those things. Eventually, with the pass of the time, the Bible was compiled. Near the, the years 300, the Council of the Church decided to put together the 66 books that today we, we know as the Bible. The canon of the Bible was written. So again, it's the Lord God reaching out to people. You see that? And then the natural expansion of the kingdom, which was through generations after generations. Like most of us. I don't know about you, but in my case, I am third generation of believers in my family. It was my grandma. One day, she heard the preaching of the gospel, and she said, I like that. And then after that, my grandma started to invite my dad to come to church. Naturally, you know, guys, we guys, we are like, church? No, that's for girls, right? <laughs> that's what he did. He said, no. And he, my dad wasn't interested in church. But my mom heard. And eventually things happened that brought my dad to the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
the natural expansion of the church is exactly that. People that generationally, generationally are believers. So we have today in the church little ones, right? And we enjoy that. And what we're going to do afterwards with the, with the egg hunting and all the Easter celebration. And we love to see the little girls with their hat. And you know what? That was beautiful. I just love to see the girls. And later we will take pictures of them, special places that uh, we decided to, to do that. Those kids are just getting the message of the good Lord. Is the Lord reaching out through them to others through their natural expansion, but also the acts of evangelism. What is that? Have you heard the word to begin with? Evangelism is when you are able to share with somebody else that is not church related, someone that it has nothing to do with the church, and you share with that person about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's evangelism. You share the good news with that person. You are being a, uh, an evangelist. What is the word? Well, you are doing evangelism. <laughs> I can't remember the word right now. That is the next thing. And finally, of course, we have revivals. Throughout the history of the church, there has been several seasons with huge revivals, areas where it was just an explosion. Places like Chicago or California, Guatemala, Argentina, different parts of the world where eventually the, the gospel was just growing and growing and growing because the Lord wants to reach out. However, there is a last one way that the Lord reaches out is through personal circumstances, right? When we are affected by illnesses or problems, when we struggle financially, and we are wondering, but why me? Why these things are happening to me? This is not fair. I lost my job. My spouse left me. What can I do to provide for my family now? I'm in a huge trouble with my health. This is bad. Sometimes it's on a personal level, right? But sometimes it's more than that. It's like a family situation. And there are occasions when it's, it's a, it's a like a community crisis. You remember about two years ago with the oil business here in Odessa? It was a huge crisis. And when things like that in a personal level or in a community level affect us, we are thinking, this is not good. What's going on? Sometimes the Lord will allow those things to happen just to get our attention just to get our attention. And we say, but that's, that's not fair. <laughs> well, the Lord is always reaching out, always reaching out. I want you to get close to me, to be close with me, because his desire is to build that bridge of connection between him and us. Right? Now, look this beautiful scripture that Peter gives us. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not being slow in doing what he promised. The way some people understand slowness. But God is being patient with you. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. He wants everyone to change their ways 
and stop sinning. That is the heart of the Lord. He doesn't want anyone to, to be lost. He's just interested in doing that. That's why he continues reaching out to everybody. We are very, very happy today by worshiping him, being in, in a day like this, Easter, celebrating his victory, that we can do this because, number one, the Lord Jesus gave his life for us. We are blessed because he decided to give his life. He wanted you to be close to him. How are you responding to that sacrifice? Friends, how are you responding to his sacrifice? Are you being fair with him? Because, you know, we know he will love you. And he will love us forever, right? Regardless how we do life. But is it fair? That's the question. Do you think it's fair the way that we are paying him back? Or attempting to pay him back. Because in, uh, in relationships that we have with the spouse or parents or children, grandchildren, friends, etc., we like to be fair, right? We like to be fair. Somebody's being nice to you, you want to be nice to that person. Somebody's extremely generous to you, you want to be generous with this person. The question is are you responding in a fair way to the good Lord? That is the question, and you need to think about it because the whole objective of the Lord is that we stop sinning. Jean, that's impossible. You are asking me something that is impossible. Did you stop sinning, Jean, forever? <laughs> no, the answer is no. It's impossible, humanly speaking. We cannot stop fully, totally uh, committing sin. But I can make decisions and say there are some things that are not good that I will stop doing it because that is not good in the eyes of the Lord. That's just not right. That is the question. Because it's not fair that the Lord gave his life for me, but I don't want to live for him. That's not fair. If he gave his life for you, it's fair that you live for him. That makes sense to you? That's why stop sinning, even though it is, not, it is impossible to do it 100%, it has to do a lot with your decisions. And you need to make that decision. The way that you are worshiping him, the way that you are serving him. You know, yesterday here in this property, we have probably 12 people, 15 people. I don't know how many people working. And all of us serving the Lord. Some people were working outside in the yard, mowing, trimming, cleaning, washing, cooking, preparing all kind of stuff for the kids today. And, you know, and I observe all that, and I just say to the Lord, Lord, I know you are, you, you are seeing this, but I want you to see it again. <laughs> I want you to pay attention, Lord, to how your people are serving you. 
Because that's fair. It's fair. But imagine you have the possibility to serve the Lord. And you find in your head a good excuse to not serve the Lord. Listen, I will not say to you anything. I want you to know that I will never, ever in my whole life, I will say anything to anyone about the way that that person thinks, operates, serves, gives, shares. I will not. You know why? Because it's not my place. My place here is to love you and inspire you. I'm not here to criticize you or tell you, are you doing this? Are you doing that? No. That's not my place. But I'm asking you to think about this. Are you really giving to the Lord everything you can give Him? Are you serving to the Lord in the best way that you could do it? Have you decided to stop doing what is wrong and do it what is right because you love Him? That is what I am talking about, my friends. It's a commitment that comes from your heart. And when you do that, and you just say, Lord, you know what? I don't care if they see me serving you, if they see me doing this, if they think that. I don't care what they think. I just want you to, to, to know, Lord, that I am here to serve you. Whether it's in the church or in your neighborhood, in your family, in your workplace. Because what matters is what's in our hearts. That you say deeply, truly, Honestly, you say, Lord, I want to give my life to you. I want to serve you. Because when you do that, the miracle will happen to you. Let me share, you, share with you another scripture. It's in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23. The Lord God says, I don't want evil people to die. I want them to change their lives so that they can live. Can we read it all together? The Lord God says, I don't want evil people to die. I want them to change their lives so they can live. That is the heart of our Lord. Is the Lord telling us, stop doing that. I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to get in trouble. Do you see the heart of the Lord? He is not threatening you. He doesn't want to punish you. He's encouraging you, telling you, listen, I don't want anything bad happening to you. I want to bless you, but I want something from you. I want you to change the way that you are living. That is the invitation that the good Lord has for each one of us. In a day like this, when we know the sacrificial death of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's a good day. To get this message in, into our hearts and say, what I'm going to do from now on? I'm going to continue living the way that I'm living, but I want to do it really from my heart to please the Lord in everything. Give to the Lord the best that I can. You know, looking for that satisfaction that brings doing things right. The Lord is going to bless anybody that commits to Him with sincerity. Friends, there is no way 
that you are going to give more than the Lord can give you. There is no way that you can serve the Lord more than what He can serve you. There is no way that you can work harder for the Lord than what He works for you. There is no way you can beat Him. But at least you have the satisfaction to say, Lord, what I gave, what I shared, what I did, I did it with all of my heart for you. Do everything for the Lord, my friends. He deserves it. He deserves it. He's so wonderful. And he will pay you immensely. You have no idea how much he can pay you back. And then when he pays you back, you are on your knees and you should say, I don't deserve all these blessings, Lord. I don't deserve this. Why you are doing this? And he says, because I love you. And then he inspires you to do what? To give more, to share more, to work harder, to live a more devoted life to him. Right? And that is the joy of our lives. He is building the bridge to save other people. And that's what we're going to do now. We are going to continue thinking ways that we can help to bring more people to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. But praise the Lord, we can all say together, right? I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. This year, I will become more spiritual, right? And now we are going to sing all together this beautiful song at the cross. There's a place where mercy 